Welcome to this episode. In the previous episode, we looked at the idea of lukewarmness and how we can deal with lukewarmness in our lives as Christians. In today's episode, I want us to consider the practical steps that we can employ to overcome lukewarmness in our lives. As a quick reminder, we examined the life of two important churches, the first being the Church of Ephesus and the last being the Church of Laodicea. We mentioned how the Lord addressed these seven churches in the book of Revelations and mentioned Ephesus as the first church and mentioned Laodicea as the last church. And the problem with these two churches, as we examined in the previous episode, was the problem of lukewarmness. For the efficient church, they had become very cold in their love for the Lord. And for the Laodicean church, they had simply become spiritually dull and spiritually lazy in what Jesus referred to as being lukewarm. We concluded and we looked at the two and we said, as the scriptures taught us, that both churches had this problem of being lukewarm in their spiritual life, in their service of the Lord, in their love for him. What therefore can we do? What practical steps? I began to list these in the previous episode, but I want us to consider them a little bit more uh, closely in today's episode. And so go with me into the scripture and there are two practical steps I just want to talk about and hopefully this would constantly be a reminder for us so that we don't also slide into that same you know, lukewarm attitude which these Christians uh, in the churches of Ephesus and Laodicea had in the day. May I pause to actually say that you know, you and I are not immune from becoming lukewarm for Jesus. You and I are not immune at all, especially in the world we live in today, where we have the comforts of life. There is television, and there is the internet, and there is, you know, all kinds of things that would, you know, make life comfortable for you. You've got electricity, you know, for some of you who may not have electricity. There may be other sources of comfort, you know, for you, wherever you are in the world listening to this podcast. But then, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, the life that we have in our modern day uh, actually positions us to become, uh, you know, if you are not careful, even more lukewarm than these individuals who lived in the days that the scriptures were written to them. And so we don't want to, you know, assume that these words are not for us. They actually speak more to you and to me today than they ever would for any other generation before. And so two principles that we can hold on to, hopefully, to guide us and to remind us against lukewarmness. Number one, fellowship with God. And number two, fellowship with one another. I will sort of break down these two things for us. So number one, fellowship with God. And number two, fellowship with one another. It is not in the knowing, but it is actually in the doing, I should say. So we may know these principles, you know, fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. But what does that mean? How do we do these things? Yes. And so I want us to, in this very brief episode, 
consider the practical steps uh, today. It is important we do and not just know, not just the mental accent, but actually in the physical doing. We see in the book of Psalms, chapter 40 and the verse number 8, it says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, the law, that is your law, is within my heart. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. So in this verse of scripture, the word of the Lord is not just in the heart of the writer. He says, it is there, but my delight is to do it. So the law of the Lord or God's word that you are receiving today, it comes into your heart. But we must not let it just stay there in our hearts. We've got to act upon it. We've got to do that word. And not just do it. The psalmist says, I delight in doing your word. And that is really powerful for me. So how do you delight in doing God's word? In actually living out God's word? And that is a question you've got to answer for yourself again today. Do you see it as a chore? Do you see God's word as burdensome for you in your Christian journey? Or do you see God's word actually as something that delights the soul? The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and the verse number 1, that these things Jesus began both to do and to teach. So our Lord Jesus began both to do and then to teach. Who is the Lord? The Lord is the Word. The Bible says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, even as the only begotten of the Father. So Jesus is God's Word, manifest in the flesh for you and for me. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. And so Jesus is the Word. And then in Acts 1, 1, it says, Jesus, who is the word, he began both to do the word and then number three, to teach the word. So he is not just the word. He came doing the word. That is, he came living out the word and then he taught it. So in teaching the word, we've we first must know the word, and that's the first point. Yes, the word has got to be in your heart. It's got to be in you. Jesus was the embodiment of the word. So, number one, stage one, the word has to be in you. Number two, he did the word. That is, he lived the word. So, number two, you've got to live out the word. It's not just knowing it or letting it be, be not letting it be in you, but you've got to live it out. You've got to live the word. It's got to be actioned in your life and then number three you can now impart you can now teach others you can now impart the word and so this is a very important one for me personally you know as a pastor do i just study god's word to go and teach it or do i study the word and live the word then i am confident enough to teach it because i know that what i have lived has got the power to transform and therefore i can be in confidence to then teach that word it is for this reason that scripture says those who teach the word would have uh, the stricter judgment. 
And that is important because what are you teaching if you haven't lived it, you know? And that is something that I want us to pay attention to in our Christian walk. So these things Jesus began both to do and to teach. To do before he imparted. Yes, to do and to teach. Now what about the book of Joshua chapter 1 and the verse number 8? The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt have make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. And again, I'm reading this from the King James Version, uh, which is the old Shakespearean English, which I love. But it is essentially saying that, you know, the word of God, God's word to you, it must not leave your mouth. It must not leave, you know, you at all. It must, it must be something that you meditate on day and night. Now, what does that mean? As you meditate on the word, as you chew upon the word, it becomes part and parcel of you. You begin to embody the word, yes? And then it goes to say in the very next sentence, it says that you may observe to do. So you can see how the scriptures really speak to one another. Precept upon precept, line upon line, a little here and a little there. Jesus began both to do and to teach. The word first being, being in you, then you do the word. So we see here in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the same thing, you know, being told us uh, even in the Old Testament. He says, you observe to do according to all that is written therein. So if the word of God is in you, you are going to act upon it. You are going to actually action it out in your life. You are going to live it out. Yes. And so my prayer for you is that you will not just be a listener of this podcast. You will be a doer, a doer of the podcast. In the book of James, it says, if we are just, you know, listeners, if we are just hearers and we are not doing, then the Bible says we become deceivers of ourselves. We deceive our own selves uh, if we don't do the word. Now look at what Ezra, you know, uh, says. Ezra chapter 7 and the verse number 10. The Bible says, for Ezra had prepared in his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do, oh, I love it. That is why I stressed it. <laughs> and to do it. And then to teach Israel his statutes and judgments. So once again, you know, you can see the scriptures replete with all of these examples, isn't it? Ezra, he did not just go ahead to teach the word. The Bible said he prepared in his heart to seek the law. That is to, to seek the word, to search the scriptures to know the word, to let the word become part and parcel of him. And then the next one, he says, to do it, to do it, to live it out. Before the next sentence that says, and to teach, and to teach. So once again, the principle is know the word, number one. Number two, do the word. And number three, you can then impart them to others. So know, do, impart. Yes, number one, no. You've got to study the word. It's a practical thing. Wake up in the morning, get into the Bible. Yes, in the evening, get into the Bible. In the afternoon, you know, whatever time you have, you know, that you can make out, let that time be a time of you getting to know the word. Yes, know the word. Read it. 
listen to it like you are doing now with this podcast. The word is getting into you. Yes, it is going into your spirit. Then number two, do it. So know the word, then you've got to do it and then you can impart it. You can impart it unto others uh, that you, you meet. In Hebrews chapter 10 and the verse number 7, the Bible says that this is a messianic uh, uh, verse. Yes, it says, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. So, I have come in the volumes of the book. What am I here to do? I'm here to do your will. I'm here to do your counsel. I'm here to do what you want me to do. And so once again, we can see through our scripture that emphasis is on both knowing, but also on doing. And then finally on imparting. So these three things are things that we, we must you know remember when we are looking at God's word as practical steps to overcoming uh, lukewarmness in our lives. Know the word, do it and impart it. Yes, okay. Now, so the principle number one, which says fellowship with God, yes, it starts from that point, yes, of knowing the word, uh, leaving it out and then imparting it. Yes, that is important. So fellowship in the New Testament is from the Greek word koinonia, and that means <coughs> joint participation. It means communion. It means intimate partnership. It means contribution. It also means sharing together. And so fellowship with God as a principle uh, is something that means much deeper. So it is you as a Christian deciding today to begin to commune with God more intimately than you used to do before. So if in the morning you will just wake up and have some five minutes of prayer and you believe that is enough, you know, then what fellowship in the New Testament is saying is you've got to step up your game. Yes, you've got to sort of say to yourself, oh, I need to spend a little bit more time with my loving father. And that is something you've got to do. And so if you want to kill lukewarmness in your life, you have to make this choice now. Yes, I remember one of the episodes I talked about faith being exercised in the here and now. And so you've got to take that step of faith and begin to grow in your intimate relationship with God now. And so how do we do this? You know, you can do this by cultivating his presence through the word and in prayer. And you do this, you know, at your own uh, time. You've got to uh, actually set up a time for yourself. And this is something you can do for yourself only. You know, so for me personally, uh, uh, my wife and I would wake up very early in the morning, you know, very much uh, at dawn, uh, very, very early in the morning. And then we will spend some good time in prayer together. She would normally have her own time in prayer and I would have my own time in prayer. Uh, but once a week, we would come together uh, as a couple and then we would pray together. And so you have to design this for yourself. You know, what I do and the time I wake up may not work for you, but by all means, you've got to be able to spend time with the Lord uh, before you start your day. That is my personal recommendation. Yes. And I also recognize that for some people listening today, maybe your work schedule is such that you work in the night or you work at dawn or you work, you know, at odd hours, different hours. Uh, whichever, you know, time you work, it doesn't really matter. What matters is you have decided for yourself that in this prime time for me, before my day begins, so to say, 
you can spend time in intimate fellowship with God. And that is what I'm talking about. Okay, so that is uh, principle number one, fellowship. Yes, uh, intimacy, draw on that intimacy with Christ. All right, number two is fellowship with the saints. Again, let's go back to that word koinonia, the word fellowship. Yes, we have explained it as meaning participation. Uh, you know, you've got to be participating in something with others. Yes, as a Christian, Christianity is a community. Yes, Christianity is not practiced, you know, by yourself. You don't say, oh, I'm a Christian in my heart and I don't go to church, but I, I you know, know God, I believe in Jesus. I will watch television and watch the preacher or watch or maybe even listen to this podcast every week. And then uh, that is me. I am a Christian. You are a Christian in secret. But, you, you know, how do we know you are part of a community? And the scriptures actually challenges you and I not to just be a Christian in private, but also to be a Christian in public and to be part of a community of believers. And so fellowship with the saints, fellowship with one another, is a very crucial part of koinonia, of that Greek word, koinonia. And that word also means communion, you know, contributing and sharing together. And so if you are not part of a community, you cannot fulfill this important Greek word used in the Bible, which is a koinonia. You cannot, you know, you cannot live out the word. Yes. Remember, you've got to know the word. You've got to live it out. Then you've got to impart it unto others. And so if you are just being a Christian all by yourself and you think that is Christianity, then I'm afraid you are not living out the word, you know, the way you ought to. So how do I know? Uh, remember, as I would always say, if it is not in the word, chuck it in the bin. Yes. So in Hebrews chapter 10 and the verse number 25, the Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so the scripture is very explicit over here saying to you and to me, we should not forsake coming together as a community. Now, no matter how uh, it is, I mean, in the pandemic, we learned something that we could not meet together because of the coronavirus, but we also realized that we could still meet together online, you know, as an example. And so if your church, for instance, doesn't meet uh, in person, you know, and your church meets online, that is also community ship. Yes, I should say uh, it in that way. And so by all means, find a fellowship, a Bible-believing fellowship, spirit-filled fellowship, and be part of that community of Christians. Because fellowship with the saints uh, helps you in overcoming lukewarmness in your life. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Look at that, our gathering, our coming together. Yes, so in the scriptures again we see it is a coming together, fellowship with the saints. It helps in overcoming lukewarmness. Jesus, of course, says in Matthew chapter 18 and the verse number 20, that where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And so Jesus is among us when we come together, yes, as a church. When we come together as a fellowship of Christians, Jesus is among us. So join a Bible-believing church. It's a practical step you can take after receiving the Lord so that you overcome lukewarmness in your life.
And if you do so, addict yourself to the work of the ministry. Yes, addict yourself. When you fellowship with the saints, make yourself an addict, if you like, for Jesus and for his ministry. I love it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that is of the first fruits of Asia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry. Oh, how beautiful that is. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. So you and I can actually become so committed, so devoted, that God sees us as God addicts. Yes, you know you know what I mean? You know, you are not, uh, uh, you, are, you are consumed. Yes, you are consumed by the things of Christ. I want to be a God addict. Yes, I want to be consumed by the things of Christ that I am addicted to his work and addicted to serving the saints, to serving others. And that is what these uh, uh, saints in the house of Stephanus, they, they did. And as Paul has acknowledged them in the scriptures. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my prayer today is that these practical steps would be of help to you in overcoming lukewarmness in your life. In fact, and also in preventing lukewarmness from creeping into your spirit. Number one, know the word live the word and impart the word then the principle number one fellowship with god spend time with him commune with him be intimate with god increase your relationship with jesus yes enhance that and then number two you want to also enhance your fellowship with the saints with the community of believers the lord bless and keep you if you have not given your life to jesus i want you to make this decision today the bible says what is life it is but like a vapor which appears for a while and vanishes away. You need to give your life to Jesus now. Please pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I recognize I cannot save myself. Forgive me my sin. I repent of my ways. I believe you died for me. On the third day, you raised up from the dead so that if I trust in you, I also can rise into newness of life. From today, I commit my soul to you. I declare Jesus as Lord over my life and as my Savior. I turn away from the world. I turn away from my own ways and I commit my life to you. Make me yours and I thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless and keep you. Please share this podcast and I will see you in the next one. Goodbye.